0: Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And we've both watched Rock-A-Doodle this
1: week. Ooh, uh, Rock-A-Doodle. Katie, <laughs> t- tell me why you picked this movie.
0: I, you know, there are some movies that I have on the back burner when I can't think of something to do for this podcast, and this has been one of them that I've had itching at the back of my brain for a while now. Because um, I remember watching this movie in elementary school. It was one of those days where the teacher is just exhausted and doesn't want to teach. And so you just pop on a movie. And I remember watching this and really loving it. And then I, you know, years later, I, I have more of appreciation for Don Bluth's films, who also did uh, The Secret of Nim*. An American Tale, and uh, Anastasia. Really great films. And I was like, I'm going to rewatch it, because I remember it was a really good time. And so I tried that in college, and as it, time went on, I was like, oh no. Oh no, Rockadoodle doesn't <laughs> hold up at all. And I, it, I was really crushed by that, because like I, I had such a fondness for it. And um, I, I find it really fascinating as part of Don Bluth's oeuvre, And because, uh, and I I really looked into it as part of, uh, this review, um, because I, for instance, I didn't know that this is an adaptation, uh, of a play, actually. No. Yeah. You lie. What play? So the play is called Chanticleer, and it's a four-act play written by Edmund Rostand, and it was produced in 1910. And I guess back in the day, Disney was trying to adapt it as well, but they, uh, they weren't able to crack the nut. It was just too hard. They, they couldn't figure out a way to adapt it. And there are some drawings, some, some uh, character designs that you can find online, uh, but it, it never came to fruition. So when Don Bluth ditched Disney to do his own thing, I guess this was something that he also wanted to do. Uh, and he's like, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what Disney couldn't, and I'm gonna make a play about Chanticleer. And he, uh, I would say he took some liberties, uh, with the source material, to say the least.
1: Okay, good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no Elvis in this 1910 play, of course, and there oh, isn't...
1: shocking! A
0: human boy named Edmund after the playwright, um which is kind of a cute callback, but it it's just so oh, funny. Oh, that's interesting. How you get from point uh, of this like co- comedic play about idealism to rock a doodle? It, it it's just such a fabulous jump. And um but but I mostly picked it to answer your question because I remembered not really like like being shocked that it didn't resonate with me as as it did when I was a kid. And having rewatched it for this, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, like, as as an older adult, because now I feel like I'm able to take the movie on its own terms again. Like, I kind of went full circle with it, because when I was a kid, I saw it with, oh my gosh, it's a beautifully animated Don Bluth film, and it's got talking animals, and I guess I like Elvis, sure, and, <laughs> you know, like, as children do in the 90s. And, um, but when I was in college, I had all these big, like, expectations for what animation should be, and I think that as I've gotten older, I've kind of come to a nice middle ground with that, where I do think that there's such fabulous, uh, like, storytelling that can be done through animation, but at the same time, I feel like there's room for films like this that, that are more simple and expected and not terribly complex and uh, very few things about it are memorable. I remember at some point Erica turned to me and was like, what even happened in the second act? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it's just, it went in and out of my brain, but I liked looking at it. And um, it, and critics obviously didn't care for it. It has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes and it actually tanked Don Bluth studio. Um, it was the nail <gasps> in the coffin. Um No! Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like the last movie part that Glenn Campbell, the rhinestone cowboy, who's also saying Galveston would ever play as the lovely Chanticleer. Um so, so there's like little little things like that, that 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 are really interesting. Like like it's it has a place in animation for sure. It's very simple. It's it's one of the weaker points in the Don Bluth Oeuvre. But at the same time, when I was watching it, I just I don't know, I just had like a real affection for it. I, I think now that I'm older and that I've spent more time with lots of children's media, there are certain things that I'm just able to take on their own terms now that I wasn't able to before. But I, 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 I've I, talked for too long. Uh, what was your experience no, with it? You
1: talked for No, you talked for the perfect amount. I feel like, one, at this point, anyone who's listening should look up, um, I think, if you grew up in the 90s, you should look up the poster, and I feel like you will instantly be hit. Like you'll be like, oh my god! Either I didn't watch it and I've seen it like all the time, or you did watch it and like you'll maybe you already remember from the title. But I, I had never watched it, Mm -hmm. but I remember. I even remember like seeing on Netflix. Like I remember like it would be like a poster. I can I can vividly see the poster like instantly as soon as you suggested it. And I thought I'd seen it, and then I watched it, and I was like, what am I? watching mm-hmm. and now that you've explained it to me i i am gonna like twist it in my head i know that i'm gonna do this and instantly think that someone tried to make animal farm into uh, a kids movie mm-hmm. um even though i'm pretty sure that that does exist yeah there are there a couple, a kids couple animated
0: animal farms yeah. but they're definitely not for kids even though we watched them in school but i think more in like middle school
1: Oh yeah, so but now like I'm thinking of this movie as that, and I'm like, that's not it, Taylor. Like <laughs> this is not it. Um, and I said uh, right away when I we w- I watched it, I like turned to Luke and thought, and this is where I'm like, I feel like people didn't finish the movie or watch it, mm-hmm. um, and this might have turned them off right away. Is watching the chickens come out, the girl chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and they have full-on boobies. <laughs> and I was like, literally someone said, "Oh, chicken breasts. Oh, Chicken breast. laughed and then animated those characters, I feel like. And there was like a few other things where I was like, they really you, you really did that. Like, yeah, they're boob- like I was like, this is too noticeable. I'm like, this is funny. But now that you told me that this like tanked... Because I loved Fievel Goes West as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that this tanked like their whole... Uh, his, um, his branch of animation. That makes me really sad. Because I'm like, I'm an ultimate Disney lover. I'm a Disney adult. I have no shame about it. Um, but it makes me sad to think that we don't get anything more because of this movie. When certainly Disney has had had its fair share of of trash Mm -hmm. um and makes and especially the one thing that made me like oh what i loved about this movie is these movies are scary Mm -hmm. like there is a part of it that is like outright makes me sad reminds me it reminded me of the page master Mm -hmm. um and like these movies are clearly I think meant to make kids not be afraid of life and adventure and going out and do something because like this is death defying stuff that happens throughout the movie that I'm like man I'm scared and I'm a 27 year old adult <laughs> uh, and this is animation and this makes no sense um, but I'm like I don't want the cow to die and there's water everywhere and um, and so I I feel like This movie is something where I'm like, I want it to exist because I don't feel like these rise and fall action, call to action movies of like actually real adventure happens anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of it is fairy tale. We know it's fairy tale and it's like, oh, be be brave, but it's very much more like, I feel like Pixar is so thought, like it's so... uh, so much about thought and the thinking process and this is like no kids we're gonna go through the mud and you want to go you want to help your parents get through this terrible rain for the farm Mm -hmm. um and that also made me miss like the mix of animation and live action um in that uh art form and I was like, am I crazy to think that that doesn't happen anymore? Do I not watch enough animation? But I was like, I hope they do it again because I think that stuff is so cool. I'm such a cheese ball for it. I'm like, yeah, the owl and the kid kid are in the same room and someone had to make this. <laughs> um, but I will say a lot of it confused the heck out of me. Oh yeah, I'm like, simple terms, easy. I was like... Uh, we're going to see a kid want to save his farm. It's very much like the Wizard of Oz, um, but with uh, Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got we to gotta get the sun to rise. And it's because he wants to save, the, like in real life, the farm. But, the, and also so many great actors in this. Mm-hmm. So many great actors uh, that I, real quick, shout out to Ellen Green, the um, Broadway uh, recording of um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, goodness. Oh, I don't remember. The main character in that. But I, like, recognized her voice instantly and loved it. Um, Oh, Audrey.
0: Audrey.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Which I think is so funny. I'm like, oh, of course. Mm -hmm. And then the little kid that's the voice that's clearly recognizable as Little John from Robin Hood. And then the... Uh, the kid from Polar Express, mm-hmm. um, the like snotty one. I was like, oh, it's good to hear from you too. Um, and I was, it has the makings of what should have been a great movie, and yet, what do you think its downfall is, Katie? Because I don't even know if I can pinpoint it.
0: Well, let's is break it, just it down. Weird?
1: Let's break yeah. it down.
0: So Rock a Doodle is a movie. The, the setup, the, um, the narrative device that you're mentioning, is that there's this live-action boy who's being read a story from his mother during a horrific rainstorm on his family's farm. And his brothers get to help out his father, protect everything, but he's too little. So what he kind of does to cope is to think of himself in the story that he's being read. And the story centers on Chanticleer, who is a fabulous singing rooster at a farm, also at a farm, which parallels his experience. And Chanticleer and all of the animals in the farm believe that he has the power to bring the sun up. So every morning he takes a lot of pride in singing to help the sun rise. But one day, the Duke of Owls, who doesn't like the sun, because as we all know, owls are nocturnal, sends somebody to go fight Chanticleer so that he's too distracted and the sun rises without him naturally. ...because he doesn't have those powers. The logical fallacy that we eventually run into is that when Chanticleer leaves in shame because he doesn't believe he has powers anymore... ...he he leaves the farm and becomes Elvis, but in his absence it just never stops raining and the sun doesn't shine. So, that implies that Chanticleer does have some sort of sunrising powers, but it doesn't really track with the beginning of the film, which is closer to, uh, Edmund Ronstad's play, Rostan's play. Which, in that version, Chanticleer, when he realizes that he's not able to rise the sun, he understands that there's an importance in waking everyone up, like, that's the purpose that he serves. But with Chanticleer, he actually, in this film, he actually has powers, presumably, sometimes. So right there, we're kind of at a kind of a weird place, because
1: mm-hmm. y- you
0: kind of have to pick a line, lane. Either your character doesn't have powers, or they do. You, you can't have it yes. both ways, or else it's confusing. The other thing that people seem to have a, really, a real big problem about with this film um, is tone. Don Bluth has a very interesting t- tone problem that appears in a lot of his films like All Dogs Go to Heaven. Like, like as you're talking about, the scary stuff, I think, is really great. And I do wish that we would bring it back. But it's also, this is one of the more, I would say, kid-friendly of his films. They gave the the Duke of Owls kind of Lucky Charms breath to, to kind of de-scare him a little bit. And they, mm-hmm. y- you can kind of see the notes in the film to kind of file off the edges. And, um... We we don't have a lot of time with the love story between oh so let's get to Vegas so in Vegas Chanticleer <laughs> Chanticleer uh, meets up with a showgirl a pheasant named Goldie who is also in the original play and she's originally there to kind of keep him happy and not let him know that his friends from the farm are trying to get from him because if he leaves Vegas then the guy making money off of him won't be able to make money off of him anymore capitalism am I right kids. So, uh, (laughs) so um, eventually, of course, though, Goldie actually falls in love with Chanticleer, but there's not a lot of buildup to her, her change of character. And no. So instead, we get a lot of these story points at, at various points, but especially this one where the character of Patu, the farm dog, kind of explains things to us, which is unfortunate because it feels like at times that the movie is talking down to us. And sometimes that's necessary just for storytelling, or if you do it in an apt way, it can be fun. But I did read about this movie that that was something that came from test screenings, that some people just couldn't follow the story. So that's why Patu's <laughs> narration comes, like, even cuts into songs at parts, which is totally distracting from what's happening. And eventually, the the characters, the, the people from the farm who were trying to get to Chanticleer, get to him during this time also i forgot to mention that the little boy in the story he gets turned into a cat by the duke of owls and becomes animated and gets to go on this adventure with all the farm animals to reach chanticleer and um but if you remove that element from the story it wouldn't feel very important all the other characters kind of exist without edmund the boy slash cat So that's another element that doesn't really track. He doesn't really get to learn anything or get to be a part of the story. And honestly, we don't – Chanticleer himself, because there's so many characters, we we don't get to spend some time with anybody. And so when things are finally resolved and they take down the Duke of Owls, you're just kind of filled with, like, well, I mean, that was a movie. And not any kind of, you know – emotion or satisfaction it it just kind of ends
1: yes I feel like the rise and fall of it all is like this baby hill that you're like whoa I guess I did that I guess it happened Mm -hmm. um is one that's exactly how I felt um and two I feel like it, the they also spent a lot of time on songs that are like 10 seconds long between the henchmen <laughs> yeah um which now i wish i remembered because as soon as it was happening i was like oh this is just hilarious it's like the henchmen and the owl are together and they're like stomping around and they're like singing and it's like do 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 and it lasts for like 2 minutes not even not even maybe actually like 30 seconds that's like n- And you're just like, one, I had no idea what they said. Mm -hmm. But I just remember being like, oh, yeah, you get them, you get them, you get them. And that's like the energy that it felt like. And that's what I feel like all was its purpose was Mm -hmm. that. It was like, yeah, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. No, you're bad, no, you're bad. And I was like, yeah, you're bad, yeah, you're bad. I'm like, these are clever songs. But I don't need 10, 30-second songs. I need like one long song to tell me what's going on. Uh, Just like I feel like we could have gotten, I feel like the one song, obviously, him telling the sun to come up is the most we get for like thorough. It's a whole song. I understand why it's in there. And it introduced me to exactly what I needed to know right away. The rest of them were like, and we're going to go quick. And we're going to go quick. 'Cause I gotta tell you something and I'm gonna tell you it again. <laughs> and now that you told me that like they it's like now that you pointed that out, I'm like, oh yeah, it really I just that's where Disney wins always is they really understood that they were making a musical in an animation form and that they needed long songs. It's like using the muses and Hercules. Mm-hmm. They tell us the story, but they're they're separate from the story. And that's where it's like narration of the kid. We know the kid is telling the story too as well. But then you're right because we get the dog. And it's like, who? someone's got to take charge of the story. Mm -hmm. But it's nobody's story, but it's everybody's story.
0: And that oh. yeah that ends up making things feel a little flat which is unfortunate cuz again I do think Glenn Campbell like like you mentioned the, the beginning song Sun Better Shine Better Shine I've been singing that line to Erica like since we watched this movie together like I can't get out of my head and I mean Glenn Campbell is such a star why not utilize him better and I do think what what Disney like during the renaissance I I don't think Howard Ashman worked on Hercules Um, But he he did institute kind of the rule of like, you want your I want song and you're going to want, you know, he he had like a a template for how things should go down and how uh, songs need to serve a purpose. And songs don't always serve a purpose in this musical, so you don't really remember them as much. Songs are at their best in musicals, I think, when they um, are explaining an important part of the story or, more importantly, character character motivation, character want character feeling, angst or happiness and there's just not a lot of time for emotion and so a lot of the songs just kind of go in and out the old brain
1: oh yeah like we could have easily gotten a like the we get the good Elvis impersonation of him being an El- uh, in Las Vegas um, but we also could have gotten the like loneliness and especially because like uh Elvis himself had great lonely songs Mm -hmm. to hear, like, this impersonation, uh, like, uh, sad, really sad, like, uh, uh, Chanticleer, like, telling us how it is to be so lonely.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like that
1: song, I, like, oh, man, I'm, like, getting goosebumps thinking about, like, if I heard that in my childhood, uh, it's like, well, I mean, Quasimodo's, like songs of it's like the out there version Mm -hmm. for Chanticleer of him and especially like it's genius. The idea to say, oh hey, even the people who you think are um living the life that you wish you'd live are lonely. Yeah. Um, And all he wants to do is
0: be accepted back at the farm and he doesn't realize that everybody wants him to come back. So there is there's such a great like opportunity for irony
1: for like a nice, sad, ironic song. And for some reason, I feel like we spend more time w- talking with the two bad guys in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we spend a lot of time with his manager, Pinky Fox. Uh, Who is just uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. And then, in um, and, and uh, the, wh- which, oh, what's his name is the owl. What's his name? Christopher Plummer. I looked at it. Yes, I died. I was like, of course. <laughs> um, and it's like, why am I getting so much time with them and so many random bits and pieces from them and not more with the heart of the movie? And one, I think it's funny because I definitely didn't put any of this together. Last night, I felt like it was like, this movie came and went and and that happened. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, uh, wait a second. Uh, it's because... The gold parts of this movie were given up so quickly. Mm-hmm. Also, I did, I feel bad, and I'm just going to say it. I did not like that little boy's voice, and it drove me up a wall. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, that is not fair to say. And that is my own very biased opinion. But I was like, Oh, you just sound too little for me to Mm -hmm. think that you are, which is the whole point, which Mm -hmm. is hilarious. But I'm like, no, I can't get over it. You're like, you, I can't hear you tell me this journey. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, I know I'm like, it's not even the, the, uh. The fact, I'm like, I don't want, I want to be clear that it's not because he has a lisp, but all, oh, it's like more of the, it feels like it's always whining. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe, maybe that's I the, the character that's written
0: for, was just like this, this, yeah kind of, again, this kid that isn't allowed to do anything in this movie, which is unfortunate. Because again, if the movie was supposed to st- center on Edmund, which it doesn't, it would be, it, the, the character journey then would be Edmund realizing how to be active. And how to Mm -hmm. be a part and, you know, help others. And then at the end of the movie, you'd see him with his brothers and father, you know, helping with the farm. Um, And his flaw could be, like, he's afraid of things or, you know, just something. But we just don't get to go on that journey with him. He really is just the load for the movie.
1: Yeah. And, like, and he doesn't even get to this point where we're like, oh, okay, you're gonna... um you are going to be responsible for getting everybody to realize that chanticleer likes everyone like i don't even feel we get that either mm-hmm. like in that like he's not the call to action he just happens to be there and he's like we gotta go find him and then everyone's like you know what you're right and it's not like a pull the only one who maybe is is the one who's like afraid of the um what the, the is a woodpecker oh a uh, magpie. Yeah, and it's like, but that's it. The rest of them are kind of like, oh, he's in love, he's not interested, and then mm-hmm. just you wait and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it, it feels, it, it sucks to say that it just feels like it's missing a piece. Um, and But I'll say this, uh, and I feel like we've already covered it, I don't think that it should have been the reason why we didn't get any more of this animation. Mm-hmm i I actually sad
0: yeah and after rewatching this movie i kind of like i would love to remake rock a doodle like if somebody just gave me a wad of dough and was just like you can remake anything i'd be like all right i'm gonna do rock a doodle and they'd be like we immediately regret this but i do think like as you were saying there are a lot of great pieces but there's kind of a loss of connection to them
1: I think that this movie, one, it should be easily done. But it makes me wonder how much, like, actually kids are not interested in farms and farm animals. Because I'm like, it makes me think that Home on the Range is one of, like, Disney's lowest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that is that another thing that I, we're just not missing? That, like, people actually have a really hard time making farm stories interesting? I'm not but I'm, sure. Because,
0: like, again, we um Don Bluth loves him a farm. Um, Secret That's of Nim true. takes place on a farm, and um, I I think Rover Dangerfield takes place on a farm. Not not one of his more his his better films, <laughs> but, but but the man does love him a, a farm. But in other instances, like um Charlotte's Web, Charlotte's Web uh, is yes. a very beloved story that even though we've kind of moved away from farm life in America for the most part, it you can find the connection between the characters, and their affection for each other and because there's just not and that that's a much quieter story and because of that it has time to breathe and this doesn't really have that
1: ah i feel like and the other part about if we got more of this i feel like getting an elvis impersonation movie i think would would bring us back again because i think it's been so long it's a, since it's been thought about mm-hmm. at least i don't remember the last time someone was like yeah remember that elvis movie um unless i'm crazy which i don't see oh, everything um, so i can't claim to the be. the last
0: one i can think of is there was a film that centered on elvis and nixon but that one kind of oh, came yeah. and went if
1: i recall yeah luke's definitely watched it and oh that's made, so good of it, course it, it, he has oh yes I remember now. How could I forget? Uh Luke's uh dad loved Grace uh Elvis and they went to Graceland and um so uh I feel like he'll be embarrassed when I'm like, Yeah, who who knows anything about Elvis? Uh, <laughs> I had so no idea. That's Luke. awesome. Oh yeah, he um he used to wear his dad had gotten an Elvis um Ring, uh, and he bought it at Graceland, and then Luke started wearing it. Um, and we've got Luke, actually, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna give some embarrassing things away because I can. <laughs> um, I think one time he dressed up as Elvis oh. uh, when he was younger in high school. Very nice. Which, uh, I want to pull up a picture so bad, but I will not. uh, Just, you know, think about it and imagine it. This boy also had a mohawk in high school. Um, So, yes, they're big, big, big fans of Elvis. We have a mug and everything. But, yes, I feel like at this point in time, we could get an Elvis animation going and kids would find it just adoring. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also, it makes me want another movie because I'm like, we really don't get something this scary anymore. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like this is, in general, a a life thing that I'm like, you know what, I'm afraid of everything. So I'm like, oh, the next generation should know that they don't have to be afraid of everything. Um, but I feel like that, anim- like that story, should be told more often. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should get more things that are like, you know what, you you may have to go do something absolutely crazy. But you're gonna do it, and it's gonna be okay. Uh, And in young, and I think the idea that small kids can do big things Mm -hmm. is something that it's is also like, oh no, everyone's always afraid that children are gonna break. And I feel like in the '90s, they're like, they will break, and it will be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's what I feel like this movie is like at least attempting. I don't know if it really gets there, but it's like. Oh, I just as soon as we get into the sewer system and all those things, I'm like, whoa. Okay. Man, I, and, and I, don't I also know. feel like um
0: growing up, I remember feeling scared about a lot of things. Everything was so unsure and big and weird and it as you grow up, the world really does become smaller, but but when you're small, there's so much to be frightened about and what i really liked about scarier things the don bluth movies or like courage the cowardly dog things that were kind of on the the darker side without being too outrageous is that they kind of acknowledge that the world has some darkness to it and there's a comfort to that of having that fear acknowledged and i do think it would be nice if we just let kids be afraid every once in a while well like it's okay to be scared
1: Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't go away. Like, I I feel like you're going to grow up and there are going to be things that I'm like, there are things that are absolutely terrifying to me that, one, are silly. But there are also things that it's like, yeah, life is a little bit terrifying. Um, And I think the fear is also, it can be used for good um, and can be used for bad, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that lesson in itself is, I think, the fear that we're missing is... I don't, there's like two kinds of fear. Um, And I think there's the one that we're seeing all over our country that um, is is spun out of things that are very um, unrealistic and and very much old school, I think, church stuff um, about baseless information. But then there are fears that are like, uh, I, I feel like I'm talking very vaguely. Um, there's bullshit fears that I think people make up to be afraid of people around you, Mm. um, based on very bullshit things. Um, but then there's also fears of life where it's like, uh, we were talking about this career wise of like having to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. or having to go and like, I don't know, like even going on a hike, I feel like is things that are feared for children and or you're gonna maybe break your arm one day. But you're gonna get through it and it's actually gonna be okay or mm-hmm. you're gonna grow from these things. Uh, I think though we get, we should get more things that fear actually is telling you um, that you either are gonna change or you're going to have to push through and something great is gonna happen from it or there's bullshit fear that people have taught you and uh, you didn't really need to yeah. Anywho, <laughs> I ramble on. But I hope I hope that that makes so yeah, much sense. Because I was like, I feel like basically talking about fear, it would be like, uh, there's so much in the country right now that people have like, I feel like, uh, have taught kids fear for wrong reasons. Yeah, for and sure. And that is so, all <laughs> it. I'm like, whoa. Anywho. I feel like that's not too much rambling, but kids, it's okay to have a little bit of fear Yeah. and, uh, rock doodle. I appreciate what you tried to do. Um, I think that you do, I, I'd, I'd rather have more animation than this than, be, than because I said so
0: mm-hmm.
1: is what I'll say in our recent movies. And I'd <laughs> rather have more animation than wonder woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's no. unfair. That's unfair. That's unfair. But I, w- I just want more animation all the time. Mm-hmm. Katie, last final thoughts.
0: Last final thoughts on uh, Rockadoodle. I, again, I just, I have so much more affection for this movie than I anticipated. And I I just, I think that being in Don Bluth's worlds is, is fun sometimes, even if they're not one of the best of his works. Like It's still nice to be around some fun talking animals for a little bit. And yeah, throw in some Elvis. Why not? Is it a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But I had a pretty good time. And I feel like it would be an alright thing to pop in if you just wanted to kill, you know, 90 minutes or so. Um, so yeah, I've warmed up to rock-a-doodle.
1: Yay! I feel like you put it perfectly, and I'll just say that um, if anybody's listening who has a big chunk of change... I think you should give it to Katie and we should we should see doodle remade. Yeah. Give us give the kids a good dose of fun fear and give us the the another chanticleer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also just like a bunch of give us a, a movie that's gonna make us all have to learn a bunch of names we can't pronounce <laughs> uh, and learn how to pronounce to mm-hmm. remind us that we can learn these things. Katie, extra credits for the week. Extra credits. You know what I
0: watched? Over the weekend, I watched Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring for, like, the first time in a decade. And that movie is a banger. It's it's such a good time. The music and everything, it's three hours long, but I had a really, really good time. And I actually am excited to watch Two Towers again. Like, I wasn't sure I'd be up for watching, you know, potentially six more hours of, of Hobbit-ness, but I am. And I think that that's a show that it's a really solid film that has really stood the test of time. And I like all those actors. I like being in that world. And yeah, I, um, I actually started watching it for research. But, but now I'm just like, oh man, Lord of the Rings slaps.
1: Yes. um, I watched it when I felt like I was too young and too small. Mm-hmm. um, And so most of those movies scared me. Uh, but I always thought, I was like, I always remember being like, I'm scared, but I want to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly was scarred by the guy that comes out of the earth. Um, I'll never remember his name, but oh man, I was always terrified. But those, but I'm like, but I like them. And I watched all of them as a kid, mm-hmm. but I was like, but I'm scared. Um uh oh, I'm glad you rewatched that.
0: Yeah, if you ever want to rewatch I... them, they're all on HBO
1: Max. Uh oh, thank you, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um I got to watch The Irishman because Luke wanted to watch it again. Surprised by it. Um I'm like, yeah, I'm glad to see what I feel like is uh, the finishing of certain people's careers. Not finished, but like mm-hmm. a bookend um, to a very great thing for Hollywood. Um, I think because Luke likes it so much, I was definitely more forgiving of like, Jesus, if you think about this, it's just another movie about rich men getting to do whatever the F they want and, and convince me that it's okay mm-hmm. um, because it's the mob. You know, it's like, it's just Wolf of Wall Street, but a little bit nicer because... They don't swear as much. <laughs> um, so I'm like, meh, I don't, meh. But I watched The Dig, which just came out, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was amazing. Thank you. Uh, what's her name? Carrie Mulligan? Uh, she was in. Yes. Thank you, Carrie Mulligan and Ralph uh, Phineas, um, who who I remember from Made of Manhattan. He has done much uh, more with his career. Made of Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. Was he the little kid? Mm-hmm uh no he's the um love interest oh okay cool 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 yes and so uh Phineas is that the he's the the politician in that movie but and he's the the um digger in this movie it, it made me want to be live in an english cottage which um uh i already knew that i wanted to but it's so beautiful and it was just like a good simple movie nice. and i was i was happy to watch it um I, I, I feel like it may all of a sudden on Twitter, it's been trending because it makes one of people, people didn't know about the story and it's about finding this like very, very old sixth century, um, boat, Mm. um, being buried. And it was beautiful, simple, and makes me want to go live in England. Uh, so if you want to feel that way, I recommend it everyone. Um, and yeah, those are my extra credits for the week. Very nice. Well, Katie, okay. I think I think we've done it. Should we sign off? Yeah, yeah, just really quick. Um, yes.
0: I, I really enjoyed uh, talking about this movie with you. And um, I'm looking forward to getting the gang all back together again once Luke is in town. But with that being said, yes. I've been Katie Groetzinger.
1: And I've been Taylor Taylor.
0: Have a good one, folks.